0: Corey, welcome to the Dividend Report. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, I want to talk about moving forward and and the transition that you're going through right now. Your conversation with Rio, uh, the the uh, co-host's quarrel I was listening to, and it, I, I can tell that that was an emotional breakup Um, and it's been hard, but really what you guys have been through and, and what you guys produced with the 130 episodes of the Moving Forward podcast is a testament to... Uh, so much, I want to see that continue. And Rio has reached out to me to be a co-host and I initially was thinking that I was going to completely decline because I was like, well, if you've fallen out with the progressive voice that Corey was able to give, what makes you think it's going to be any different with me after hearing you guys talk about it, uh, you did such a good job and you've, you've given me this type of energy to say, my voice is necessary right now. I have to speak if I'm not running for office, I need to do whatever it is, whatever my, my personality, my character traits can allow me to do to try and change the world. Hopefully this can be the situation. So thank you. Uh, thank you both for doing that. Uh, we're going to talk about your breakup with moving forward, but real quick, do you have anything to comment on regarding my rant that I just went off?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that the biggest thing is like, I, I really want, you know, I think he's looking at AJ, he's looking at, uh, Joshua from new progressive voice. Um, you know, basically like everybody he mentioned to to me, Um, or people i like genuinely like, like a lot. Right. Um, so the, I guess the one thing that I'll add there and we'll go into, to why probably in a, in a little bit longer thing is, um, your concern about, you know, if it didn't work with me, why, why would it work with other people? I think is genuine. And I think, you know, I want to place that on the table as a warning. I don't know if it'll work. I hope it will. Um, and you know we kind of bounced past my concerns in that in that episode uh cuz quite frankly real's not that interested in them at all uh and they're real right like i'm the the never trumper republicans just to you know throw the issue out in a nutshell made faustian bargains with racists for 50 years mostly on the sly. Right. And enough so that Rio can say personally, like I was never for the Southern strategy, but then he brings a racist on our show who's supposed to be a Democrat. And that's, you know, he's saying like, you need to be trying to court this guy's vote. Like, well, this sounds familiar. And that's what broke me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Knowing what I know about history and about how the two parties have been, or, you know, running in the United States for the last 50 years. I saw where all of this could be headed and I could be wrong, right? Like that's always a possibility too. I just, there's too much evidence for the fact that I'm not. And my, I, f- I felt like my energy could be better used elsewhere. Now, the core construct of the moving forward podcast is that you know you finally have people on the right and people on the left having a conversation, and that is going to be a conversation that happens in the democratic party now because the Republican party is going to die or we're fucked. Like those mm. are the two options, right? Mm. So, like I personally want to see that conversation continue knowing full well that it will be challenging and that, you know, I sort of hit my limit. Um, But yeah, like it, it could just end up being where you guys start to see what I saw or, and I hope this is true. I hope that you guys work that through to the point, like as a collective, as a group, right? Not just you, but you know, AJ and Josh, but everybody else, you know, I, I, I hope that that either gets, solved for in in a very constructive way which is possible or that I get proven wrong which would make me even happier
0: yeah yeah and there was another part of your your perspective though is that you you also are from Canada uh you're a dual citizen um, actually I'm just uh uh I'm just a uh green card holder oh oh you're, you're not American that's correct I just play one on TV all right, well that does it for the episode, guys. And
1: scene. Uh,
0: and scene, yeah. <laughs> um all, all yeah. joking aside though, you 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 bring you bring something that's necessary. And I mean I like right, first of all, I don't even know if I consider myself quote unquote progressive. Uh, I think you and I would have a lot more moments where it was like, we agreed when we were having our conversations on the moving forward podcast. Uh, And I almost felt bad because it's like, oh, well, we're we're teaming up on Rio in some, in some way. So I tried my best to be more of the middle ground, but honestly I didn't have to try that hard. Uh, And I think that is more of a saying of what it means to be like left in America. I think that you have a perspective that we would view as more extreme, but it's actually more mainline left in other yeah. parts of the world.
1: I mean, the, the democratic party in the rest of the world is, is center, right. Right. With the right capitalized. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, yeah, the, the Overton window is, is shift. Well, I mean, we could see it, right. It's shifted so far to the right that the Republicans are fascist psychos. Now, like, <laughs> that's like, wait, what, uh, which is less than ideal, but yeah, I mean the rest of the world, when you look at Europe, like Canada's like, kind of, you know, center left ish but not even that much and again when you look at you know the the rankings for all the countries in the world that are the best to live in by ranked by their own citizens and everywhere else um you know all the top countries are center left it's mm. just like it's a better way to run civilization so that everyone is taken care of and happy uh, but you could still get rich you could still do like all the stuff that you know everybody rants and raves about being able to do in america that's still there uh we just also you know don't let homeless people just die of starvation, hunger, or, or, you know, cancer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, that's where I'm going to wind up. I feel in any conversation with Rio, I, I do think that the, um, okay. Well, as a side note, But I will admit this is going back to my perfectionism. I hate watching and listening to everything that you guys produce, because I have such a fundamental respect for what you guys are bringing to the table. You guys are extremely good at what you do. And it makes me constantly judge what I'm producing. So I just try to keep you guys out of my mind. And I feel bad for that. because (laughs) I finally thought about it enough. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to accept this. I'm going to be a progressive voice on with Rio and hopefully it'll work out. I'm glad. Yeah, and I hope to see you back there too. Did, what I gathered from your, your quarrels, co-host quarrel is, is that, you know, it it was having an emotional effect on you, a a negative effect constantly having to be like, well, this is just something that I'm not really agreeing on. Was that cumulative or did it really start happening after Yang left? the race?
1: No, it, it, so when Yang left the race, that, that wasn't really, that didn't do it at all. Mm. Um, I guess like looking back, this didn't really do it, but it comes up a lot when I think about it. Um, Rio decided to bring on what he called a smart Trump supporter. Right? And of course, I have a strict ban on Trump supporters on any media that I do. And that will be maintained for all time. They should be quarantined and separated from general society, period. But I, you know, we negotiated, this is like a friend of his for years and years and years. And he's like a smart, still Republican. The guy was a dime store shithead Republican, like just brutally, up to the point where he was actually using Nazi slogans on a show that i helped to build right i keep thinking back like i helped platform this and that's something i think about a lot right like other people want to have conversations with everybody and i respect them for it that might be the way to do it for me the only real power that we have online is editorial control and we need to exercise it because nobody else is right like that like that editorial control is just like people are just sharing whatever happens and and you know I think there's something there that won't leave me alone. So that's just a a horror rule, right? Like I've got the airlock online. If you spread conspiracy nonsense, I turf you off social media, family members, friends, doesn't matter. You're gone and I won't let you back. So here I am platforming a fucking Nazi, Mm. right? And so that was one thing and it was jokey, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I could, and if you, you know, go back and listen to the last 20 episodes of the moving forward podcast, you know, anytime it comes up, like I, I ruthlessly busted his balls about it and would continue to. And, but the thing that did it, like he brought this guy on, he's like, no, Corey, this guy's a Democrat. And you know, he just really is, uh, you know, he was, I'm basically supposed to be really mad at the "defund the police slogan and black lives matter is going to hurt us. And, yada, yada, yada. and I'm like, dude, f- no. Right. And it's, it's, so it's one thing to have a conversation about that. And it's another thing to he said, like, definitely don't go to his Twitter page though. I'm like, red flag, right? Uh You go to his Twitter page, the guy's a fucking racist, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's his Twitter page reads like Breitbart's front page when it doesn't look like the fucking Daily Stormer, like a white nationalist, like headline aggregator, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He's like, no, 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 he's like having rational conversations with me, Rio said, and it, it should all be fine. Well, it wasn't, right? If you go back and listen to the episode, within 25 seconds, he's talking about the 1619 Project, which is basically a bunch of black people actually going back and looking at the real history of slavery. And white people fucking hate it.
0: And he's framing that as like some kind of deeper, sinister. Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, and from there to the fact that Black Lives Matter is, you know, infested with socialists and Marxists. And that's mm. where I fucking lost it. Because I've been having, again, dime store very intellectually incapable republicans call me a socialist and everyone else i know a socialist and a communist and a marxist forever and in fact it's exactly what they call mlk it's how they just dis- they dismiss you
0: right. right yeah yeah no i i completely agree and something that i struggle with personally is that you know i've got family members who are uh pretty down the line trump supporters and mm-hmm. it's difficult to have that like in the pursuit that I'm wanting to do because, you know, I can't really talk about anything other than politics in in my social circles. That's a hard thing to overcome. And I heard Rio talking similarly about that. Um, and I have like this inner desire to try and 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 correct. Cause the same thing happened with me uh, where I was trying to explain what Black Lives Matter was about because I, I always try to imagine that I was, Uh, that I wasn't racist growing up, because that's just your natural inclination to do. You want to defend your worldview and say, "Well, there's no way." Yeah, of course. Right, and and really, in the past six months, it has been an eye opener for me, and I think a lot of other Americans. Whereas, I mean, a a Canadian, again, like we were talking about, it might not be so eye opening for you. Like this is, I mean, knowledge.
1: I think. I romanticized Canada as kind of that, like what you're suggesting, right? Like as this place where, where, you know, uh, you know, we don't really do racist and, it, and in, in and I form from like up, up in the Arctic, um, we had races, but like basically like the, 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 the Inuit and white people were like kind of half on par population wise. Right. Um, and. I I feel like you really got a a more of, and this definitely wasn't universal, but because you're so isolated because it's so cold, you know, it kind of creates this necessity of of community. But even that, you know, I think was a little bit romanticized for me. Right. And if you look at the Canadian government, like they, the way they treat, uh, um, like the native population is really bad. It's, it's brutal. Right. So like it, it, it's not like we don't have it in Canada. We absolutely do. And, I think to your point, what maybe people like us have been experiencing, and I absolutely have, you know, considering myself to not only be uh for sure not racist because I would call out racists in Pasco County where I gigged all the time in Florida all the fucking time. Um I was also not immune still to biases that I was not aware of, hmm. right? And to a lack of understanding of just how messed up it is, you know, in a lot of uh, uh black communities in America still right, like just how much they have to face on any given day, and that it would absolutely like if this was happening to us, Seth, we would be fucking burning shit down. Like, I, I honestly think that we would be the amount of restraint that they have managed to imbue into the culture of their protests is heroic.
0: Yeah, yeah, and honestly, that's a darker part of it is is I think that we know deep down like well if this is the way that minorities are treated what's gonna happen if I'm suddenly the minority you know you're gonna expect why Maybe, would you have any differently you know well still? and that's
1: I, I this this is the thing like I think you're totally right I think I think that's that's part of why we have we see the backlash sometimes that we do
0: mm. but I don't
1: personally get that right like <laughs> like like for example like with, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg Ginsburg once was asked like you know how many women there should there be on the Supreme Court and she said nine and they were of course shocked
0: mm-hmm.
1: right like what what do you mean nine like don't you want equality no like it it managed to run really fine with nine men for a long time like why not nine women mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that that like initial like oh, what right like I'm personally now at the point where like looking at the women leaders in the world like we should give them at least a hundred years and back the fuck off because we're right. not good at this at all um, but I think in, in in the same way like if if I have to feel a little bit of discomfort let's face facts like that you know because again like people that have lived in privilege for a really long time equality will feel like loss mm. right like like you, you, know, that, that, that leveling out or whatever, people can, can experience a lot of challenge from that, but like, not really.
0: Right. It's not, it's not real loss. Yeah. Um, that, it's the zero stone fallacy. Believing right. that the pie is, is only one size. Yeah.
1: Right. And if you have to feel a little bit uncomfortable in your sort of journey to realizing that, then so fucking
0: be it. Right. Like that's
1: mm-hmm.
0: my clearly humble take on that. Yeah. Yeah. As, as my own perspective has been widened beyond where it was before, which I would say is, is much less racist than the rest of the country. But now I'm, I'm really starting to, uh, to perceive like the biases, the, the, the harder part of understanding the problem. And as it makes more, as it hits me, it becomes much, much harder to tolerate the same type of rhetoric that has been that i have told myself that i've accepted in the past and i can see how hard that is uh because i'm because i'm experiencing it with my relationship with my own family member and and so i can completely understand why you made the decision that you did make because but and, and but at the same time i'm still holding on to this hope that like that can be countered in a one-on-one conversation not it, not it,
1: yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I mentioned this in the, the, the chat that Rio and I had, like, I can imagine a far more patient and enlightened version of myself that could speak to the race relations question in a way that could sort of encompass the good person that I know, uh, Rio is on good days and definitely aspires to be on all days. I mean like the rest of us are busting his balls right now unfairly Um, yeah yeah. I I, I don't have that I don't have that in me and I knew it right like if you're gonna basically just like like immediately we're talking about black lives matter you immediately start talking about Marxists I'm just gonna get fucking angry because it's so stupid like is there a marxist on twitter that associates with black lives matter sure but that's been the same thing that the republican party has been doing to dismiss anyone who steps out of line for so long that it just it's just sad like mccarthyism died for a reason Mm. right and and you can see it in me right now right like i'm just like "Ah!" (laughs) like and and that was just happening over and over and over again and that to me especially in this like 2020 everything's kind of crap was actually having, you know, a, a cumulative effect. So I was getting worse at it over time, not better. Um, but I'm hoping that with an army of progressives that just, you guys are super smart and it's so many ways a lot more capable and smarter than me. Um, and Rio it, to his undying credit, and I mean, this he is willing to have that conversation just ad nauseum. Right. Yeah. And he's going to inject it with his like stupid upbringing of being a Republican. Sorry, Rio, but not sorry enough to shut up about it. Like that's going to happen, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be okay with that. But I'm, I'm at least cautiously optimistic that between a lot of you, you can help to shift the conversation into a constructive direction. Yeah, and I, I won't again I... rat fuck the Democratic Party because left to his own devices, and Rio doesn't want to do this. This mm-hmm. is not he doesn't he doesn't see it this way, but I absolutely do. If left to their own devices, the never Trump or Republicans will completely rat fuck the Democratic Party in exactly the same way with little Faustian bargains every you know election cycle that they did to the Republican Party. And they don't see it that way either. They're and definitely not ready to take responsibility for it. But it's absolutely because of what they did and or allowed to have happen.
0: Right. Um, I, I, I reached out to both of you at the same time, and I, I was like, I want to do a post- uh, autopsy on the moving forward podcast or what had been before the transition now. And I want both of y'alls, uh, permission and, uh, to, you know, to, to talk about this with each person one on one. Yeah,
1: I know. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting he'll see this and I know I'm saying a lot of, uh, uh, kind of harsh things or whatever, but it's nothing he doesn't know. And,
0: right. and, uh, because I, I, as I was listening to it and getting a different perspective, I I could see where Rio was coming from and saying like, well, what's the worst boogeyman, the alt left or the alt right? And I think with enough conversation, it it seems clear that like, even if the alt left boogeyman that's being painted is there, it is so much worse to the degree that we probably shouldn't even ask the question, which one's worse, de facto. Like we are on the cusp of fascism. There are people being thrown into vans by unmarked. You know, when you're at that point, that conversation may not really have the it may not have merit not that it shouldn't happen it should why honestly like maybe it shouldn't i think i think you're right right like if your house is on fire
1: talking about the fact that you have a leaky faucet in the backyard is not the right time to do it Mm -hmm. and that's that's the level right like it, it but again like rio's been trained probably from birth or slightly after to be terrified of socialism you can, every conversation we've ever had, he's terrified of it. He sees it around every single corner. It's ridiculous, but it's, it's real for him. Right. And so any suggestion by anyone credible in that space that anybody is considering, you know, Marxism and you'll hear it in his thing all the time. Like anybody who wants, you know, uh, 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 equity, which means we all have exactly the same amount of stuff and literally no one actually wants that. Right. But that's where their head goes. Mm. Uh, and, You know, it's, it's, it's pointless to me that on the cusp of Nazism in America, we're worried about the African-American community combined with throngs, hordes of white people who are allies going out in the streets and saying, Hey, can we please maybe stop murdering black people at an asininely disproportionate rate? And, but then, you know, if you go back and listen to the episode, Rio wants to talk there about the fact that, you know people shouldn't misbehave, and then maybe maybe they wouldn't get killed.
0: You know, and I I, I came on the podcast, and I spent a lot of time uh, on my own channel really diving into the issue of federal jobs guarantee versus a UBI because I perceived, and I, I still am concerned about it, less concerned now, that, <laughs> right? that there is a force on the left and the, the socialism thing. Now, again, I grew up South uh, you know, in the southern states, so sure. that is in me. It, it it just is in me. It's in the entire country. It is that concern. Is. While I still have it, is just so outweighed by the 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 problems that are in front of me. And I heard kind of like I heard Rio continuing to try and like come back to that to say like I'm extremely against what's happening right now. It's terrible. Fascism is bad. Right. So, uh, you know, that's kind of a moot point that I'm bringing up. I suppose it's just like I I don't. I look back at some of like, as I was trying to write some notes for this conversation, I see all of this stuff that I had written about federal jobs guarantee versus UBI, and it's like, well, that just doesn't matter anymore. It's just I think it's it's I think it's important though in exactly the way that you framed it. Um, The
1: reason like people people think, and you know, it's not an incoherent um, inference that the people on the left want the federal jobs guarantee over ubi because they want control they want to have welfare because they want control i could tell you that's just not true what is true is they don't get ubi yet mm. right like because the because i i have i have walked many many democrats up and down you know sort of the ballot levels now locally in Florida and elsewhere through this conversation. And it was my own evolution as well, right? Like, like I just I'm, I'm coming from the camp that has to defend, you know, welfare and Medicaid from Paul Ryan, who would literally let his grandmother die if he could get a tax cut. Right. And he himself came up on public assistance. OK, right. That's what I'm used to. Just there wasn't a better idea. And in the absence of any better idea, you take care of people, period. Right. Yeah. Now that's, that's the, the, the problem with the federal jobs guarantee is that, you know, that comes out from, uh, uh, from the left, obviously I think it comes out extremely well intentioned. I think it's trying to play to, you know, things on the right about workism and, you know, different things or whatever. I right? like, it's, it's trying to say, we're only going to benefit people who are working because one of the criticisms we get all the time is you, you know, just want to laze around all the time, yada, 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 right. So it's trying to get to the conservative angle for a coalition that way, but of course is horrific <laughs> like you know you just you think about a federal jobs guarantee under a fascist asshole like Trump like that's just you not good
0: right It's really right.
1: bad, right so I think what we're seeing in the Democratic Party and AOC is my favorite example of this the second that she said that uh, UBI was uh, a Trojan horse for uh um you know for capitalism or whatever I was like this sucks a lot she's gonna come around lo and behold she came around right yeah. they're starting to understand that there's a better way um and that just me like I think that's really the only thing that's going on in the left is not some nefarious desire to control the population by keeping them down in fact that's really ridiculous we've just been trying to take care of people and there wasn't a better idea and now we're having to do the work of explaining to the rest of the Democrats, like this is a a much better idea
0: yeah yeah i, I god i am so infuriated and i wish that the work was happening right now because the the last 6 months of this pandemic which has been so hard on the entire country on the entire Very world true. the problem that we ran into i saw coming from a mile away when they when they passed the first relief package i was like if you don't do ubi now <laughs> you like it's it's over our our response has failed because what's going to happen is exactly what happened you had all of this discussion about well you can't pay people more to sit at home and, and our failure to confront workism has led us to the point that we are at right now. Our failure to, to, to talk about like, hey, you know what? 40 million unemployed Americans, the shelves are still stocked. Let's finally accept that there is a level of abundance. Let's finally accept that the problem at stake here is a lack of income not a lack of jobs, that you fix this problem primarily by, uh, you know, like if we had done that right now, we could have countered the entire narrative that uh, uh, unemployment is making Americans lazy. Right. You say, well, if you don't take away the income from the people, should they go and choose to work? There is no disincentive. Of course, the establishment uh, Pelosi and and, and Schumer never, uh, never wanted to broach that, that side of the subject, but they could have countered the narrative. That's where they're failing right now. Cause look at where we have winded up. Trump trying to pass this bogus executive order saying, oh, look, I'm the savior because your Congress is doing nothing when we know that's gaslighting us because uh, you know, three months ago they passed something that would have had some real effects in helping the American people. Three versions of it. Um,
1: that were never taken up in the Senate. Yeah, like that. The, I've seen, and I've seen some Yang people do this in a very frustrating way, too, that basically Congress isn't doing their job. Andrew Yang did it, right? Mm. Well, that again, when anytime you give space to the both sides ism, you're forgetting that Democrats are the only ones that are actually working for people. And they passed bills already. They wanted a three trillion dollar stimulus that would have uh, 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 payments going out to everybody right fucking now, and the Republicans wouldn't pass it. While Mitch McConnell's out there saying, "Oh, the Democrats are holding things up." It's dog shit, right? Every Republican will lie to you every time. Assume that, and every once in a while, you'll be wrong, and they'll be telling the truth, and yay, right? But it just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's shocking and freaked out. Because in Canada, you get two thousand dollars a week, every mm. oh, sorry, every two weeks,
0: and it's extremely easy to qualify for that system if it, you're a
1: breathing human you know that yeah exactly everyone got it because you want to incentivize people to stay the fucking home right and the pandemic's basically handled in canada which is why the borders still closed
0: yeah okay so uh, i'm gonna come back to that real quick um i'm gonna ask you about how i might become a canadian citizen but uh really quick <laughs> <laughs> we're take a blast so I'll just say, no these guys
1: are all my brothers and sisters and stuff
0: and it, it it might seem easy for me to say this in hindsight because i can't I don't think many, I should have seen it coming. I don't think that Trump's executive order action, as asinine as it is, I don't think many people saw that coming. I didn't see it coming.
1: Well, and I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to do anything.
0: It's and not really do But but oh, American sorry. politics.
1: Warren, Warren just corrected me. It's two thousand dollars a month, not a week. They, or I thought two weeks, but two thousand dollars a month still is uh twenty times what Americans got.
0: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, I just Thanks, wanna, right, by the way. It is it, not really what is going to happen or what he can or cannot do in American politics. The one thing that seems to matter is the narrative is the, the perception and, and the perception Trump somehow wound up, even though it's not going to work, he won the narrative with that bogus executive order. And it's it's nonsense because I could I could go to my Trump supporting family member right now and say this is why it's nonsense. But I have to be on the defensive. The Democrats are now somehow on the defensive. And when you have to be on the defensive in politics, you've lost, Uh, in my opinion. I think that if we had attacked this head on, if we had attacked this bogus narrative where it's like, oh, unemployment is making people stay at home, they all they said was. Well, that's wrong. They didn't explain like in detail. They didn't actually get into the meat of well, no, let's actually talk about this, right? How much are all of the Congress people making right now? Uh, wait, we're gonna go on vacation, um, and and not do anything at all, at all, right? Who is the actual lazy person here? Let's actually talk about laziness, let's actually talk about value, let's actually finally confront workism. Right. That was the winning play, in my opinion. If I had the Sit, if I had the choice to tell them how to act, how the Democrats act right now, that's what I would have focused on 100%. Yeah,
1: I, I think we're starting to see these opportunities um, in the context of our understanding of, of UBI, I think, and I think the the and this is why you, you were saying you're gonna be interviewing Blair pretty soon. Um, how do you say her last name? Walsingham Walsingham. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, congrats on your uh, Victory. So, you know, when, when, you know, AOC and the kind of squad get in there, right? Like that, that changed the tone to a certain effect in Washington. And it was actually good to see that uh, it actually changed them as well, because they're in Washington, they're they're seeing the amount of work that gets done. It's not easy or fun. You know, there's probably about 20% of them that are doing 80% of the work and the rest of them are just, you know, uh, warming seats, um, which is lame, but kind of true. And what we're gonna see now, especially with this cycle, if it's the blowout that I, honestly, I'm an atheist, but I will still pray. I don't give a shit. I really, you know, we need to win here uh, in, in a big way. There's some amazing, amazing people that are 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 plausibly uh, going to Washington, and I know this is slow. I know it's infuriating, uh, but the 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 ship of the Overton window of what is a sort of acceptable policy thought in America is a slow thing to turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see it turning right. And you know, it's probably going to take another five to 10 years, but it looks sort of inexorable at this point. Now granted in the meantime, and this is why it's so understandably frustrating, people are suffering a lot. Right. And so it's like, what are you clowns doing? Right. And I completely get that. It's just when we look at, at, what we can do—the only thing we can do—is celebrate those candidates that are coming up that that see things in a way that's going to to make it easier to have leaders like that in a position to you know start ranting at people like Scott Sands. Like you can imagine, like I and I think about this all the time, even while being you know I I am in Democratic clubs, which I never thought I would do. But again, like if you want to start. Where the rubber hits the road you have to understand how the parties work and again until we have ranked choice voting nothing else matters it's sad but it's true I, this is the system that we have um you know learning how pelosi actually works but in my private moments thinking like if i could just airdrop Scott sentence into pelosi's job like yeah. just get the hell out of the way is it his righteous rage is a thing of beauty and always right
0: yeah Santin's is the reason the dividend report exists. And and more so than anything else, yeah, we need to celebrate the wins that we see. And but we we also have to engage with them. And and Americans are terrible about this. The majority of us don't vote. And I for the past 4 months have sat around feeling sorry for myself, feeling mad at the society. Yeah, I have a lot of good reasons to. A lot of the yeah. negative energy that I seemed to feel from you talking about like I just can't do this anymore because it's not this isn't changing me. It's not changing the world in the way that I want to see it changed. Right. You perceive it, you recognize it, you turn around and you act on that. And that's what I am doing right now. That's why I hope, hey, uh, Blair has the card stacked against her. It is extremely red in Sevier County, Tennessee. But this is the thing. Sevier County, Tennessee is where uh, terrible, terrible forest fires ravaged hundreds of homes. And Dolly Parton, the person who has East Tennessee like uh, under her wings, who has nurtured and and made us what we are, the Smoky Mountains Mm -hmm. with Dollywood, everything. She stood up and said, I'm going to give a thousand dollars a month to all the families that have been impacted. And after that, we saw a study from the University of Tennessee talking about how cash assistance far and above everything else was the most appreciated form of of, uh, of relief. And, and that happened here in East Tennessee, you know, that happened in the district that Blair is running for. She has the perfect message to actually give herself a chance. And that is, you know, years ago, Sevier County had these fires, look who helped. Let's right. compare that to what our Congress is doing right now. Money in your hands is what helps disasters, disaster relief is cash in the American people's hands. And you can go and see what Dolly did. And I am going to fight for Sevier County to do that. And, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't followed that closely on with her messaging and everything, but this is what I'm going to talk to her about. And hopefully in some way or another, my interview with her can be passed around Facebook. We need people talking. We need, we, that is what we need. We cannot let things just pass without our action. So that's where I'm at right now.
1: Yeah, that i mean ultimately that's you know you gotta you gotta figure out where to apply your talents to do stuff that you feel like is gonna actually you know uh move the ball forward and you know maybe maybe blair you know loses this time but in the process of that she creates infrastructure and teams and you know relationships uh, uh like the, the the one with you um and and you know whatever else we can do right and there's a lot of people doing that all over the country what's really interesting is uh so Trump is having to spend money. Just as an example, in Texas, that's crazy, and a lot of that is because you know Beto and and others, not just Beto, but Beto went and did a, a, a you know a primary run, and uh, uh, you know went to every single county. Uh, um, before that, so he was going for governor, sorry, uh, with every single County in Texas and there's like 8 million of those, right. And created relationships with all the democratic parties that have been starving for attention. Nobody's you know, putting money or building relationships in Texas. Really? I mean, there were, but not, not to the extent that's possible. And Texas has been trending, um, to the point where, where, you know, Democrats could have a real shot. It might've been 10 years from now. might've been five years from now. We don't know. Um, but with the work that that one guy did, Right. And again, it's not to say that there weren't others doing it for the last decade. There are. But in a coordinated effort that kind of pulled it all together as a unit, fundraising got jacked in the whole country, you know, that, that kind of thing. You know, we, we see a lot of like, real movement now to, to where, uh, you know, um, people like Donna can, can potentially win in Austin. And now Republicans are having to spend money all over the freaking place, uh, which I think is is uh, is real
0: good or real good. More so than that, look, uh, Corey Bush, right? Yeah. Knocked down the house mm-hmm. on Netflix. Yep. She failed the first time. Now she's yeah. here, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, DRS uh,
1: Metal had a comment. Uh, what worries me, Biden has no enth- enthusiasm enthusiasm with younger voters. He needs to evolve on social issues. So, I, I, what I would say about that is that, um, in in the context of this particular moment, right? Like Biden will definitely say things that you know has uh you know younger voters cringing understandably don't don't ever get me wrong on that uh but like one of the attacks as an example that uh that Trump used is that um Biden was against LBGTQ rights for 40 years now like uh, Trump is like a, a, a I mean a colossal raging piece of shit right we all know that so for him to even suggest that is ridiculous what he doesn't tell you with that is that biden was the first person in congress or the senate to be for gay marriage he he led that curve right now is that to say that he doesn't have more evolving to do of course not. but what is important to me is that he's capable of doing that evolution and that that is something that is important to him and it absolutely provably is right you go back and look at his record um, and it's again, it's not perfect, right? Like they, they bring up the crime bill all the time. The crime bill is problematic. Like I get it. But when it comes to being on the leading edge of trying to evolve on these things, uh, Biden's done really, really well. Um, and again, he's not a lying fascist piece of shit. So it should—it's this isn't like a hard problem, right? Like we need to get enthusiastic about it. We don't have a choice. Like that's sad, but we don't like that. That's it, right? Work with candidates down ballot. I know Dreen who's on here is uh uh you know working on uh, um you know candidates like kojo in 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 oklahoma and and others right so like we've got that work to do but again like i am of the firm opinion that you know if trump wins none of this matters it really doesn't like it, like the amount of damage that he's done to kind of the, the the norms and to the rule of law already like if this executive order works then congress is dead like congress doesn't matter anymore
0: right so mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it's not going to work we know that it's not going to work i don't yeah. think so
1: i hope not he's definitely yeah so dsr metal just said trump is a fascist he definitely is um so, so hold on so uh drs metal said biden won't even evolve on marijuana yeah he did right of course he did he wants to decriminalize nationally right is that now am i for legalizing it nationally of course i am but like to say that he hasn't evolved on on pot is just wrong it's just not true right he's gone from you know being like understanding it as this thing that should be illegal his entire life to evolving to the point where like obviously we should decriminalize it now you got to remember he's not the presidential candidate for young Democrats he's the presidential candidate for all Democrats and I am here to tell you as someone who talks to the older Democrats that this is not an easy thing for them to understand that pot you know it shouldn't be illegal and so he's he's got to be the, the person who threads that needle for the entire party, which sadly has like center right people in it. And that's mm. just, you know, until we get big enough to change that. That's just the way it is. But anyway. so
0: what what would you say to the concern that uh, decriminalization is effectively the same thing as allowing pharma, big pharma to get their foothold into uh, I mean, the cannabis industry?
1: If you legalize it, that's going to happen anyway,
0: You're- right? it's happening now yeah we can see like
1: if you legalize it recreationally you think they won't
0: yeah what is it um former speaker of the house Boehner. yeah he's like a massive he's a tobacco
1: tobacco money like that guy's hands have blood all over them right he was the guy famously other than for crying which he was very good at for giving out giant checks from lobbyists to people on the floor of congress for the tobacco industry Yep. like it's
0: brutal,
1: yeah. So I mean, welcome to you know uh, capitalism in America, where you know regulation dictates that only large companies should be allowed to make money. Um, it, that is disgusting,
0: and I, I try bringing that up, and, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Because what are we seeing right now? Uh, you go to jail for uh, possession and or, or or distribution, even. Yeah. You leave jail and you go to uh, to apply for one of these. Uh, dispensary locations, and they tell you, "Oh, well, we're not going to hire you because you're a felon." B- doing the thing that you're high, you're, you're you're applying to do, right? Yeah. That, in a nutshell, is why Black Lives Matter is happening right now. It's not because it's- of Marxists. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, metal. I I I I I to- I'm empathetic, but saying Biden is too stubborn is just wrong. That's not that's not what's going on like I've been watching Biden for a long time his evolution on almost everything is just a thing that I've watched happen right so he's not too stubborn he's just having to speak to uh, uh constituencies that are not us and that's annoying and we know that we're right because we are right uh you know you said that uh, uh, no one should be in jail over a medical plant I mean that's just real I mean obviously that's obviously true um, yeah. and it's, 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 it's ever that way, but we're sort of have to, 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 um, figure out how to play the ball where it is. And again, like on the other side of it, none of it matters, right? Like this is, we're all rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic at this point. Um, cause if Trump's allowed to be president, we're all fucked anyway. And I, like, I mean that I know that sounds hyperbolic. I mean it literally like it, you know, the yeah. country will not be the same. Like what, it's- like the whole idea of democratic process goes away. We're just, we're just Russia at that point. Right. Elections are a farce. It, like, it yeah. it, yeah.
0: So we don't have the luxury to think otherwise. We don't have the luxury right. that we had in 2016 to say, well, hey, you know, everything sucks, so we might as well try and burn it down to the ground. I was right there in the boat in that boat. And I, I, I try to every now and then I feel myself going back into that same boat. I don't see how you can't. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Get over it uh, we, we cannot afford to lose this country because we're eating ourselves. Um, and, and one way that I'll wrap up the dividend report, which is, uh, I, I was just hearing you speak about, you know, I have a whole bunch of energy happening right now, have you had to like, cause, cause I, I'm so interested in the question of work and fulfillment especially the idea that bullshit jobs, we are actively harming our mental health by our obsession with workism. You are a non-traditional worker, right? You, you do this full time. You, you do podcasting full time. Yep. What is, what is your experience with finding fulfillment? Have you had any like issues in this space?
1: Um, that's, that's an interesting question. It's like, so, I've always been pretty non-traditional because like I looked at working for other people and realized the math was jacked from the jump. Um, and I had this weird, you know, audacious thought that like I what would happen if I just did what I wanted. And so for a long, I mean, I lived in a bus in in the Arctic for for a long time, um had a job, but I was bartending for like four hours a day <laughs> and, and I got to drink the whole time. so it was you know, it was more like, uh, partying and, and they just gave me food money for the next day. Right. So like, actually it was a yellow knife. Too, so I made decent money, but like the, the, I, I, my time was more valuable to me as a function of, of, of what I was willing to give for money. So it's been an open question in my mind for a long time. And I got down to the States where I couldn't work right. Initially when I first got down here, um, I wasn't illegal.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Yep. Uh, not anymore, thankfully. Something tells me you're not the type of illegal immigrant anyone cares about.
1: They didn't, and that, honestly, I still carry guilt. Like, we lived in uh, uh, Tucson, Arizona, for a while. So my wife uh, uh, had a job there at the VA, and, you know, I, you know, driving around would be constantly I mean, I'm terrified every time I drove anywhere, right? Because if I get a, a tail light out, like, I could get deported, and no one cared. Like, I would see you know uh abuelas like grandmothers with their with their kids pulled over on the side of the road all the fucking time in tucson all the time and they never looked at me because i'm not the right color and mm. uh that's gross uh and really messed <laughs> up yeah uh, anyway so speaking of tangents i uh was going somewhere and i don't remember now
0: you were talking about oh, we we're talking was- about workers yeah yeah
1: yeah so you know, I, I got to the point where, where, you know, I couldn't work and I, I was trying to do some odd jobs or whatever. And finally I was like, you know, I can play music a little bit. Like I could sort of play bass. Why don't I see, you know, if I could just play bass in a band and like make some money that way. Um, and it was a country band. Anyone who knows me knows how ridiculous this is. It was a country band that I worked for first. Corey doesn't play country <laughs>
2: like,
1: and I Corey also doesn't speak about himself in the third party. Cause that's lame. Mm, so mm. I just want to throw that ironic apology out there. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that started a 13 year music career where all I did was play music for money, right? So, you know, I, I was perfectly self sufficient that way living a very, very simple life. But again, like every hour of, of every day was mine. And I love that. And I want that for everyone. I don't care what you do like that. Just, you know, that's something that that is worth working for, even if it takes, you know, 10 years of sucking a guitar, which is exactly what happened to me to get to that point or whatever you're doing, right? Like, it, it just it's a its a good arc. And now of course, you know, I'm I'm married and my, you know, wife makes good money. So I basically am just constantly in this crisis of meaning because if I make like, you know, $1,000 a month, it doesn't mean anything. Right. <laughs> like, right. It's like, in the in the great context of things like it, that's not going to make me feel good about myself. That's like a rounding error on our income. Not really, but you know, what I mean, like, it, it just, it's not going to affect our, our, our quality of life that much. Do Although you, that that's what we spend on her student loan every month. So there's that.
0: Oh, man. Well, yeah, okay. that's a really good question. Do you feel driven to get income to increase your quality of life?
1: No. What I feel driven to do is to basically run moonshots, low, low probability, high reward uh, projects with the explicit goal of making so much money that Michelle gets all of her time back nothing else really matters anything to me at all. Like, cause I think she would still be doing like, she's a neuropharmacologist for the VA. I think oh. she would still be doing something like that because she actually does want to serve that community in this way. Um, but having her wake up every morning with the ability to pull shoot at any moment is something that I'm, I mean, I'm working, you know, probably 12 hours a day on that. Um, and again but i get to pick how right like all the things that i'm doing are stuff i'm super passionate about anyway so like i get kind of the best of both worlds that way and it's it's part of what i'm going to embed in all the work that i do is advocating to make sure that everybody gets to do that
0: man that's awesome that's awesome and you're you you exactly right there prove the point you know people they want to find fulfillment you, you yeah. give them oh, the sure. the opportunity to and they're going to do it in amazing ways I, uh, okay. Your ability to uh, to to have to to make your own decisions will. Result in the exact thing that I expect will happen. So, uh, for my followers, this is how I'm going to leave off this episode of the Dividend Report. I wanted to thank you all so much. The unconditional aspect of UBI is that you don't have to feel beholden to this group or that group. You know, like you can't say that someone who is in a relationship and they get all of their money every week is completely free. I'm not trying to talk about you and your wife, by the way.
1: Um, no, it, I mean, honestly, it's 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 not like I don't it's not like I don't feel that. <laughs> like, right. But at the same time, like it, it, you know, I had to get used to it really quickly because she's a fucking badass. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be married to her no matter what. So there yeah. it is.
0: Yeah, that kind of love is going to completely make everything else moot. Unconditional love. Like, yeah. And from her, like, that's,
1: that's what allows me to do all of this stuff. Because it could be, uh, it could be very different, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think some people end up using that as sort of uh, elements of control, which would have, you know, made our relationship last for 10 minutes. But it just that has that's never been like, she she literally is just completely ultraly supportive. Ultraly is not a word, but you get it. And that I mean, honestly, that that's what that's UBI, right? We're not asking any questions. This is just like your base level is taken care of no matter what. And what I and this is gonna sound weird. But what I want, I hope and dream for people is that you get bored out of your fucking mind. Because getting bored, like the mo the times that I've been the most bored, playing the most video games, wasting the most time, the times after that when I'm like, I'm bored, I want to do something, are this the the most productive, creative times of my life,
0: mm,
1: and everyone should get to experience that. You should be bored out of your freaking mind. Like I can't play another video game to save my own life, because that's when you're gonna cure cancer or something.
0: <laughs> you know, like it's you know it's when you're gonna do something amazing. That is where I am right now. I, I haven't been spending the past four months playing video games, but uh, you know, after Yang dropped out, I lost all of that extra energy that got me past my perfectionism problem. And then it was just kind of like, well, I don't know what I'm gonna talk about. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I was so bored. I was so bored and I could tell, you know, like I'm gonna start devolving. I'm gonna start getting some really bad mental issues. I'm going to bite this in the bud because I want to feel fulfilled. I want to have a change in the world and I want to do what I can do. Dude. when you have a society filled with people who all believe the same thing, Ooh. everything changes. And not only that, though, that's a pretty, that's a small part of, my, part of the people. most people I speak to. They, they like, they like working. They love their work. I'm the outlier, you know? Uh, so, that that's a long-winded way to say thank you to my supporters because i'm not good with saying thank you and during this global pandemic it almost feels awful that there are people who are getting evicted right now out on the streets and i'm somehow able to do this uh i I, words cannot uh, begin to express my gratitude for for all that
1: Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Rio and I are so excited that the Humanity First Movement is moving forward. Something you can do to help is go to movingforwardpod.com, where you can find us on social media, read our blog, and support us on the
0: Patreon. Right, Rio?
1: Right.
2: Democracy ain't possible when compromise is a four-letter word and we hate one another more than we love this world When the enemy of my enemy's my friend My friend's enemies, they never end Just a sappy old man who knows that what I'm saying's cheesy and it's hip to be a contrarian these days But some truths are easy And I'm telling you Consensus is big Some truths are easy And I'm telling you Consensus is big So when Ask not what your country Could do for you it Becomes do for me Screw you. When the perfect is the enemy of the good, and the could never could get going. When the kids these days hate the elders, rumors forget how to pay it forward. It's to be contrarian these days, but some truths are easy. I'm telling you, the consensus is bay. I'm telling you Consensus is big One connection that breaks through the noise Can remind us what we have in common So talk to your neighbors, count up what you love And see that we ain't so different And I get that it's hip to be a contrarian these days But some truths are easy I'm telling you Census is bay. I'm telling you, the like consensus is bay. I'm telling you, like consensus is bay.